Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. At uh, South Lake, Carol, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, this is Carol. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, my, my house is not old. It's nine years old, but we think that the builder has not used really good quality windows, and they've lost the, the seal inside, and we need to have someone come out and look at our windows. And um, I, I heard you once before, and you named a company, but I can't remember who it was. So could you help us and give us uh, a window company that we could get to come out? Well, let me ask you, though. You, you said this is a nine-year-old house, so these are these windows are nine years old, right? Yes. Okay, those would typically be under warranty still. And so it would be a little more critical that we get you in touch with somebody uh, who either represents that company or the manufacturer to try to get those covered rather than having to pay to have them changed out. Uh, any idea, and, and usually you can look at the windows and find a name on them. Uh, oh, okay. If it's not on the little handle to, to lock and unlock the door, uh, are, do these windows tip in for cleaning, or are they just straight up and down? Yes. Yes, yes, they they tip in. Okay. If you'll tip them in, normally there's going to be a tag on the side somewhere. And it, it may even be on the bottom, but it, it's usually in the narrow parts, you know, of the windows. Tip it in, yes. find out who the manufacturer is, and that's who you want to call because I'm betting you those windows are still under warranty. That'd be great if that if that if that would work. Um, the builder is not in business anymore, so yeah, and that sh that know. shouldn't shouldn't play into it because uh, all the stuff that builders use have their own separate warranties and windows usually have a fairly decent warranty on them so it would they have a warranty like 20 years or something like that uh some of them even have longer oh okay all right okay well thank you very much jim i'm gonna look for that and if i don't find it i'm gonna call you back that'll be just fine all right. Thank you. I appreciate it. You, have you a bet. Good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's head over to Arlington. Jay, how can I help you? Hello, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. You bet. Question, uh, wanting to drill holes in bathroom tile. Okay. So question on, uh, I understand there could be a different type of drill bit to use, and then um, I'm not sure in terms of bathroom tile and also uh, back backsplash tile in the kitchen i don't know if those matter but can you can you uh, give some advice on what bit to use and sure. then if it matters on what kind of tile that's used in bathrooms and kitchens well they they actually make a special bit for tile uh it's it's not round like all the other bits are it basically looks like the ace of spades the the end of it does and so it it slowly chips through the tile you got to be very careful that you don't push a lot of pressure on it because that's what causes the tile to crack. You just got to, you know, put the bit on there and let it do its work going through the tile. But uh, typically when you go into one of the box stores, uh, like Lowe's and Home Depot, you'll find it in two places. One would be where the drill bits are. 
the other is over where they sell the tile and the accessories to work on the tile. Okay, and then um, does it matter if it's, like I say, the kitchen back uh, splash or maybe the, the shower, which is actually shared with the tile on the floor? Is is that all nah, the same? it's all, uh, all the same. Stephen Plano, how can I help you? Uh, yes, sir. I'm trying to convert a uh, tub to, to a shower. And where my it's in one of those alcove showers, uh-huh. tubs. And I pulled out the tub, and I had to move the uh, shower drain uh, about a, about eight inches. And uh, of course, it converts from an inch and a half to a two inch shower drain because I bought a shower pan, a prefab shower pan for it. Okay. And there's rebar right in the middle there, so I can't drop my drain deep. I can't cut the the uh, concrete deep enough because of the rebar is in the way. Right, cut it. So I can cut that. Not a problem. No, nah, cutting one piece of it, it, as long as it's rebar, you won't have a problem. Uh, now, if this is a post tension cable slab, you do not want to be cutting the cables. It now, looks like rebar. How do I tell the difference? Uh, if it if it was a cable, uh, it literally would have the strands like a cable does. You know, small okay. strands that form sure. the cable itself. Okay, so that's the, probably the best option just to cut that, that rebar. Yeah, it, I mean, cutting a small area of rebar that way is not going not gonna to hurt you at all. Okay. Do they make a drain that, uh, that will have like a 90-degree turn coming out of it for these standards? I can't find one if they do, not the home. home no, it, it's, uh, it's just all done with PVC fittings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you very much. You bet. Take care. Going out to Bedford. Hello, Suzanne. Hey, Jim. Um, I have a question on the hose bib. I thought maybe she was going to hit what I I was going to bring up. Um, On the hose bib on the outside, I have two of them, one on the north side, one on the south. Um, The south side, um, first question, if I can, um, the person that replaced it put in a three-quarter turn. Okay. What is the difference between uh, an instant on and a three-quarter turn as far as uh, usage, as far as how it's used? I mean, is there any difference at all? No. Okay, good. Okay, so second question, um, other than the arm twisting, right? Um, Second (laughs) question would be, uh, I have where I'm turning it on slow with a Mm -hmm. low pressure. It It seems to work. Uh, a little bit longer. The high pressure, when I turn it on to high pressure, it instantly shuts off. Is that an all issue or backflow or what could it be? Uh, is there a um, backflow preventer on the hose bib? Um, okay, I am not a DIYer, but it has the. It, it'd it be a little. It'd be a little. Top. Yeah, it'd be a little brass thing that's screwed on that your water hose would screw on to. I don't know the answer to that one. Okay. Uh, because it, if the backflow preventer has gone bad, that can happen. But one of the other things that can happen, because you did mention, you know, these are the, the ball type, you know, where you're not having to turn it around and around and around to turn the water on. Um, sometimes the stop on those fail. They break. And so if you turn the, the ball valve too far, you're going back into shutoff mode. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's possible that that's what it is as well. Uh, when, when you're turning it, does it hit a spot and stop? As far as the turn itself? Yes. No, I can keep turning it. Okay. 
and if this is a ball valve, that sounds like what's happened is that the stopper has broken, and so you're able to just turn it, and you're going back to off, and if you keep turning it, it'll come back on again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I usually just stop <laughs> yeah. because nothing's coming out. So, yep. okay, um, so is it just a, hopefully just a simple replace a spigot? Yeah, or just, you know, don't turn it too far. Just uh, when you get the amount of water you want, just let it keep going, and that's it. Okay. Okay, and then can I ask you just one other quick question? Sure, go ahead. I hope it's a quick question. Um, on the soaker hoses, I had a problem finding the larger soaker hose, which oh, I had yeah. used in the past. So I'm using the smaller. Um, using the smaller, do we just run it longer, or does it make any difference? No, it does not make any difference. You're, you're oh. still the same time. Wonderful. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You bet. Take care. Thank you. You too. Let's head to uh, Spring. Dorothy, how are you today? Real good. Thank you. Well, how can I help you? I have you? a question. I have a question about uh, luxury vinyl plank flooring. Um, we have we have uh, life proof flooring on a house in Bolivar that's up on stilts, uh-huh. and it's been there for a couple of years. It was there when we bought it, and but we noticed a couple of weeks ago when we went in that there are big bubbles in parts of the floor. And um, this is new after two years, so we can't figure out what could be causing that or how to re- remedy it. And these bubbles, are they soft when you walk on them? Yes, yes. And They're large, big? like a couple of feet in diameter. Okay. Uh, does it feel like this, that it's just the surface floor, or is it the, the wood, the subfloor under it? I th- I think this, I think it's you can see that it's bubbled up a little bit. So there's air between, and those places it looks like there's air between the flooring and the subfloor. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then is this a uh, were these uh, vinyl plank glued down? No, it's a floating floor. It is floating. And we okay. The, we removed the quarter round and the uh, on the edges to make sure. Then they did leave. Uh, there is a gap. They did leave an expansion gap. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, it, funny you should say that because I was out of the house last week where they were putting in these new floors, and I know that they're going to buckle because they they just have it too tight in some places, and it really doesn't take much of it touching somewhere to to cause the bubbles, but. Uh, th- this is obviously a weekend home, correct? Yes, so this is weekend home, vacation rental. Yes. Is the AC on all the time? Yes. Because it sure sounds like a moisture issue. Yes, I mean that's that seems to be the consensus on everything that we look at. Yeah. Um, how old? How old is the structure? The structure is pre-Ike. Um, I'm not sure what year, but it survived Ike. Okay. But the flooring is not... Right. I mean, there was there was extensive damage and extensive remodeling done after Ike, so I don't know. On the underside, is there insulation? And 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 then uh, covered with, with uh, boards or hardy or anything? It, it's, cov- it's covered underneath with boards i'm not sure if it's hardy or not okay but, uh, and but, i'm not sure for sure if there's insulation i think there's insulation between the 
the top of the you know the un- underground and then the floor. yeah and that was probably added after the storm wasn't it uh, yeah I, that i don't I probably it was all redone i think yeah uh, what they're finding on a lot of these homes because this is up on stilts correct it is up on stilts when they're enclosing those undersides we're changing how the uh, moisture reacts and then when you put the floating floor on top that sealed it up where the ac is no longer pulling moisture out because that's kind of protecting it and that underside starts getting a buildup of moisture and the plywood decking then that's inside it tends to start bulging and warping and such and that sounds like what's happened to you now okay the fix is not pleasant because the floor's got to come up the plywood's got to be reattached we need to open up the underside so it can ventilate and this doesn't happen again okay so remove the floor replace the subfloor yeah you don't you may not have to replace it you may be able to just use screws to screw it back down into place it'll depend on how bad it is when when you remove the the floor and and see what kind of condition it's in because it not to try to upset you but it, it could be full of, full of uh mildew and stuff at this point right 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 and if that's the case it um, needs to come out is there any way to inspect it without taking everything out just do a small part um you can inspect it from underneath by removing some of that and looking up and that right. will probably give you the answers yes yeah yeah that's our next step that we were going to do we yeah. hadn't gotten there yet looking for we were looking for a quicker fix <laughs> yeah uh, the unfortunate thing is this is this is not a quick fix and and it really goes back to you know we're, we're building our our structures so much more tight that we're we're now sealing the moisture and, and causing it to start sweating and stuff and and that's where that's what they're finding on these stilt homes is causing so much of these problems right okay well we'll take a look and try to go to the next step then thank you so much you're welcome you take care goodbye yeah i i guess i'm gonna throw this out because i have been racking my brains a little bit with how this can be solved without having to necessarily tear structures all apart to to rebuild them and you know a lot of times people are putting the the material underneath just for sheer looks you know where we didn't used to do that and they make some great ventilation fans and stuff nowadays they're small but they can move a fair amount of air and i've really come to the conclusion that you should be able to put a vent on one end and a fan on the other end of these um where the floor joists are and let that pull air through the big thing is you can't have the insulation there to uh, because that would act to inhibit the airflow but uh i do think it is possible to dress it up and still maintain uh the moisture levels that are necessary john welcome to texas home improvement uh, hello jim uh, I have a 20-year-old Perry home in southeast Katy. We're redoing uh, the flooring in upstairs bedrooms. Two bedrooms have an adjoining 
uh, bathtub, toilet room, little room adjoining to uh, sink alcove areas of two bedrooms. The first owner of the house replaced the flooring in the tub toilet room, a small little room there with some tile about 18 or so years ago, and it's fine. It's neutral. It's in good shape. We're wanting to expand the water-resistant flooring into those sink alcove areas of the adjacent bedrooms. I don't know if I'll be able to find matching tile for this beige house in that little tub toilet room. Sure. If I have that busted out and replace it, uh, is that going to damage the subfloor underneath it? Am I just going to be creating a problem, a mess if I try to remove? It's done all the time. That won't be a problem at all. I don't know what those guys might have put, if they put anything between the plywood uh, subfloor and uh, the tile before they put it down or what, but I I just envision having to cut out that plywood subfloor and then not being able to get it (laughs) supported on the floor joist. No, no, usually uh, what happens is they, they pop it loose, and they may have to actually grind down some of the residual from the adhesives and and such that were used but nah it's it's typically not a problem at all and if they do have to top coat it or something uh it can either be done with floor leveler or uh some hardy backer board so you won't have any issues to worry about just a reminder it's a huge help if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast it helps people find us Mark, this is Jim. How can I help you? Good afternoon. Uh, what I'm calling about, uh, I think the issue was discussed earlier, someone had a leak around their chimney, uh, yeah. leaking into their room, into their attic, I guess. I've got the same issue, but uh, I, uh, what do you think is the best thing to put on there? Well, if, if it's the top of the chimney that's leaking, uh, typically you need to just put a, uh, a chimney top on. But if it's leaking around the chimney you know into the attic through the uh flashing and and things like that well now you get into a different repair and it'll depend on how bad it is well, it's not bad i mean i was up there the other day i just happened to you know notice i was up there and it's just a slight drip it's not horrible but uh you know they, what they did they initially built the house they come out you know had a cheap metal guy come out you know and put me a big uh flashing around he actually you know cut into right. the brick and you know, put it in there and sealed it. Uh, really hadn't had any problems, but uh, I'm just kind of wondering uh, what I need to uh, go back with. I think I, I just put regular silicone with what they used in the past, you know, just a good type of silicone. Yeah, usually yeah. up on the roof, you're better to use the, the regular roofing mastics. The, the silicone tends to uh, degrade too fast up there just okay. just because of the like sheer a- heat. Okay, you're not talking about like that black stuff. You're talking about they make some stuff in a tube that's clear or something? No, well, they don't make it in clear. They they do make, well, I guess they may make it in clear. I'm not sure. But uh, definitely the, the black is, is what's made for the roofs. Uh, now, right. I know when you're sealing along where the metal goes into the brick and things like that, they don't normally use the black. Uh, that's uh-huh. us, That usually is a siliconized product. But what okay. I'm talking about is where like the shingles are meeting the the flashing and places like that where you sometimes have to seal it up that's usually right. done with a roofing mastic and not the silicone okay now one other question what's the best way to get that off i mean i guess just root force scrape it off is there any trick to getting it off to reseal it 
uh, razor blade, you know, like box cutters and stuff and razor blade scrapers to get off as much as you can and then reseal. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your help, sir. You bet. You take care. No. Rudy, I'm only going to have about a minute, and so if we got to go longer, we'll take a, uh, the break for the news, but let's go ahead and get started. Okay. Uh, okay, Jim, it's pretty quick. Uh, I got a, uh, the uh, bathroom sink back in the uh, master bedroom, uh-huh. and the cold water is always has that stu- uh, suffer smell, right egg smell. Nowhere else in the house is like it. It's only that one faucet in the uh, back bathroom, and I don't know if I need to cut in the wall. Is it something in the pipe I need to cut out or what? Uh, so hot water's not. Does it go away pretty quick when you start running the water? Yeah, yeah, you run it. It's kind of like you flush it out or something. It's yep. probably maybe about a minute. It's gone. Yeah, there's somewhere in that line is dissimilar metals touching each other. You know, like uh, uh, copper and galvanized or or something. Uh-huh. And when when they do that and they're oxidizing, they give an awful smell in the water. And so you run the water, you get a bad odor that comes out at first. And then as more water yeah. runs through, it flushes that bad water out, and, and you don't smell it then. Right. And so you just need I, I to find where, that. where that's at. Yeah, because we remodeled about three or four years ago, and uh, I can remember they were putting put copper to the galvanized pipe. Oh. Have a nice pipe. So, yep, that's uh, where it's at. Yep, that's probably it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, you very much. I enjoy listening to you. Thank you, Bye sir. There. James, this is Jim. How can I help you? So we have a two-story house, and it's very well insulated. It was supposed to be built that way, so we understand that. But my question to you is this: on the upstairs, if I can explain this correctly, that the ceiling. Uh, on the upstairs, between the ceiling and the roof line, there's only so much space that blown insulation was moved in. Oh, right. Excuse me, blown in. Uh, w- w- understandable where we're layman people, but when we look at the attic floor, you know, on the first floor, the blown insulation is way above the rafters. So right. what, we, what we did notice in this limited space between the upstairs and uh, the upstairs top of the ceiling and and I guess the roof line they didn't blow stuff like as much as the bottom floor attic that we see. So we were wondering this. Is there actual insulation of different R values based upon different thicknesses? Basically, we're wondering if maybe the blown insulation was, was not upstairs the most efficient or if you could buy roll insulation. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And basically what you're looking for, uh, whether it's rolled insulation or blown-in insulation, is about 15, 16 inches in thickness. And that'll give you roughly like an R39 or so. Uh, and, and so that's the values you're looking for. When you get down and it starts shrinking down, you're getting the you know, 10, 12 inches thick. You just don't have as much R value. And what that means is when it's really hot, it's it doesn't take as long for the heat to soak through the insulation because what your insulation is is, is basically a dead zone that the air conditioner is fighting to keep that insulation cool and the heat in the attic is fighting to heat that insulation up and it's battling back and forth in that layer. 
And at night when it cools off, the the air conditioner winds and pushes the cool air deeper into the insulation. And then in the daytime, the heat starts pushing its way back down. Uh, and that's the reason the energy Q radiant barrier you hear me talk about helps so much because that acts as a barrier on top of the insulation that keeps the heat from ever getting down to the insulation and allows the AC to do its job better. Okay. All right. Very well. Appreciate the information. You bet. Take care. Thank you. And so where where a where that energy Q radiant barrier helps out, then uh, I'll use my house as an example. I don't have the 15 inches that is recommended. Uh, in fact, uh, about 25 to 30 percent of my house has no insulation, and what does have insulation is typically five six inches thick at best. I have that energy Q radiant barrier, and that keeps the heat that's in the attic from coming down into my living space. Works great. Catherine, how can I help you? Um, yes, I have a question about, um, I guess, radiant barriers. That seems to be the popular question today. Um, I want to store things in my attic, uh-huh. but it gets so hot up there. It's a very high ceiling. I could pretty much, you know, build another room up there. So, but I want to, you know, store some things and not have sure. them get ruined. So what is the best? Well, the energy queue I was just talking about, it lays on the attic floor. So the heat you get in your attic, it keeps it from going into living space. Uh, In a situation like you're dealing with, uh, that's where I would recommend putting a radiant barrier up on the roof rafters so that it blocks the radiant heat from coming into the attic. Now, is the attic going to be cool? No. It's going to be more like it's in a shade tree under a shade tree uh so it's still going to get hot up there it's just not going to get as hot as it was it'll usually make like a 15 degree difference so it might be 90 or something like that up there yeah well if if right now your attic say with nothing heats up to say 140 degrees Mm -hmm. it's still going to heat up to 125 degrees Uh, but if you got great ventilation and stuff then you can pull it down uh, even further and that's what a lot of times people are missing is the ventilation that that's what uh, is critical to taking out the, the hot air bringing in the air from outside and so that gets you a little closer to the ambient temperature outside other than that you'd have to spray foam the roof deck and let the air conditioner handle the attic uh, but it, it's still going to get warm up there uh, regardless of what you do alan in allen how can i help you yeah, hi. Um, wanted to ask your opinion on uh, installing vinyl plank uh, flooring. Okay. Um, is that a DIY project? Well, have you ever done any home improvement projects? Yeah, I've done some stuff. I've, I've laid ceramic tile. and. You oh, know, if a, you can lay ceramic tile, you can absolutely do these vinyl planks. Okay. They're they're actually easier than doing the ceramic. So right now it, it it's the upstairs floor and I've got carpet down. So, you know, pull the carpet out. Is there anything you have to do to prep the floor? Well, you say it's it, if it's on an upstairs floor, usually those are pretty flat, but if there's any, you know, dips between joists or anything, you'd want to 
use some uh, floor leveler on it. Other than that, no. And how do you put the floor level leveler down? Just uh, mix it up and, and use use the self leveling compound. Okay. Uh, and and they have some there for going down on wood floors like that. You know, because you got plywood up there. Right. And literally just, I personally use a you know, nice straight 1x4 or a metal screed and okay. just drag it across to, to fill in all the low spots. But most of the time on a second floor that way, you don't need to do anything. It, it's pretty rare that you need to do anything. Okay. And I had one other question. Sure. Um, I got a water stain from my second floor. Um, I had an aquarium, had an overflow. Um, to treat that water stain uh, on the lower level ceiling, uh-huh. kilt, is that the best way to go? And then, I, you know, I, I've not had great luck with kilts. I've, I've, I've had much better luck using a project called Zinzer, Z-I-N-Z-E-R. Z-I-N-Z-E-R? Z-I-N-Z-E-R. Okay. And, they, you know, they make several different uh, types of uh, primers and sealers, and that's really what you're looking for uh, is for the water stain one. Um, and I've had really good luck with that. Okay. Okay. And okay. Thank you. You bet. You have a great afternoon. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.